I don't know about you, but I have always loved the idea of having a conversation with a working actor about their process. We are starting a series called Conversations on Acting, and some of the actors who've agreed to talk to us are Chris Carmack, Mark Ruffalo, Margot Martindale, Sean Astin, and more. Conversations on Acting is a live conversation with working actors, allowing you to ask them questions. And the way you can participate in these conversations is by signing up for our monthly subscription on our website, idontneedanactingclass.com. This is Milton Justice, and the podcast, I Don't Need an Acting Class. Today, I want to talk about a chapter that I called, I'll have tomatoes, cucumbers, and some toilet paper. There is constantly this moment in acting, or constantly this moment in text, or constantly this moment uh, as we look over performance, where there's a list. It seems to be a list. Interestingly enough, Justine came over this morning because she had an audition. And she was playing a role of a young teacher talking to a new teacher and going through the other people that were at the school. And it's one of those things, I don't know, writers do this all the time. I think they think it's time to bring us up to date or to lay out um, who the other characters are and to give them something, uh, who knows? Anyway, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's like exposition. And so, bless her heart, she had to have one, one like one teacher was, I, I don't know, paranoid schizophrenic. Another teacher uh, lived with his parents. Another teacher was the son of somebody famous, but nobody knew who it was. And the issue here is it reads on the page like it is a grocery list. It's like it's a grocery list of here's who these people are. So what we worked on was making each of those people specific. And it moves it out of being a grocery list. I mean, the reason I call it a grocery list is because if I say to you, Oh, I'm going to the store. Oh, what are you getting? I'm getting tomatoes, cucumbers, toilet paper. There's no relationship to anything. If I'm out of honey, I go on, you know, my iPhone. I say, Siri, put honey on my list. It is something else I'm picking up at Costco. It's not that I have a relationship with honey. So this is this tendency that actors have to make everything kind of nothing. And so we move very, very quickly through it. Greg happens to be joining us in the studio today. And so he did it the other night in class. And he had a wonderful, wonderful choice. But in part of it, he decided to just bring us up to date on the plot. And so it had to do with the escape from Syria or some damn place. But it was just bringing us up to date on the plot. And it's not so much that I think of it as, and this is a requirement, but more, this is an opportunity. It is an opportunity to build all of these elements. I have a weird experience. So this is a huge confessional. 
I've watched things like the Mission Impossible movies. And so I felt so sorry for, because I have a feeling on the page it was really boring. Uh, Ving Rams, I think is his name. So there's a moment where he has to explain to the new girlfriend Tom Cruise's relationship to his ex-wife. And it was a description. It was like three or four line description. And I was blown away because Ving Rams made everything interesting and specific. I couldn't believe it. And he had built everything in such a clear way that you were fascinated at this past and this relationship. And he built everything because he knew where he was going. The point of it was that Tom Cruise's character, whatever his name is, Ethan something, was dedicated to his ex-wife. And so it was all feeding into something very specifically. It wasn't he was just relating to it. It was feeding into the description of why Tom is so dedicated to the ex-wife. And I thought, to, I mean, I knew who this actor was, but I thought, I've never really taken this actor seriously before. And so I looked him up, and he went to Juilliard, and I thought, oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a real actor. He really studied. It just so happens he has a career, which always is something kind of different. Also, this adds to an, another issue that is really helpful for us. Many years ago, on the first anniversary of 9-11, um, I went down where, and they had a group of actors and celebrities or whatever reading the list of everyone who'd been killed. And I, it's just a terrible thing to say, but everybody was just reading names and reading names and reading names until they came to Mark Ruffalo. And everyone had to read 20 names. When Mark Ruffalo read the 20 names, there was a person there. And I asked him, I said, how did you do that? And he said, I visualized each person. It, now, that's a really important issue. And it's simple, whether it's Justine doing an audition where she's listing all of the people that teach at this school, or whether it's people killed during 9-11, or it's an escape from something. It is having that relationship. An actor wrote to me once and said, my acting teacher keeps saying to me, you need more colors. Now, this is, again, this is one of those things that's very difficult. If I say to you, you need more colors, then you're going to do something like, oh, I know, I'll make that loud, and I'll make this soft, or I'll whisper this one, or I'll really slow this one down. And so it becomes this artificial performance because I have now decided how to give my monologue more colors. Um, however, if I have a specific relationship to everything, it takes care of itself. I'm gonna have a totally different relationship to the teacher that's a paranoid schizophrenic and the art teacher who lives at home with his parents. I don't have to worry about playing one one way or one another way.
It just is that very, very specific way of figuring out what is my relationship to everything that I talk about. Sometimes somebody will say, oh, you need to speed it up. It's an old Stanislavski rule. I think it's Stanislavski. If you want something faster, slow it down. Well, the point of it is it's because you're filling everything. It's people get bored and they think the answer is to speed it up. There's not an actor I don't know who bringing in a monologue will decide if I do it faster, nobody will get bored. And then it sounds like somebody doing a monologue fast. Whereas if you fill every single moment, it doesn't, the, you know, who knows what the speed is? It's because you're finding something new. Uh, I had the great privilege of directing Long Day's Journey in tonight. Four-hour play, every minute of four hours. Uh, the then unknown Mark Ruffalo played Edmund. It so happened because <laughs> they forced us to stop building the theater because they didn't have the construction permits. Of course not, it's a theater. Anyway, we ended up rehearsing for five months. In the five months we rehearsed, it gave us the opportunity to fill moments. And what ended up happening was at the end of a four-hour play, people in the audience would look and go, my God, I had no idea it had been four hours. And it's because the moments were filled. And that's what the acting is about. The relationship to everything, and if you're working with a really brilliant writer like Eugene O'Neill, you know, he doesn't repeat things. So I think many, many, many actor problems are solved by not treating the text as having a grocery list, by not treating a, a list as being a grocery list, or as if you're just reporting what was going on. It all comes down, once again, to, to the joy of being specific or not necessarily the joy of being specific, but what comes out of being specific. Being specific about what you're looking at, what you're visualizing, what you're talking about, really saves you. The more detail, the bigger the payoff. One of the things that we came up this morning with Justine was, as she was being specific about each of the teachers, then we got to the principal, Mrs. Drudge, and so I said to her, look at Mrs. Drudge and describe her to me. So this is the difference between gen being general and specific. It's one thing to say, um, she's old, she dresses badly, uh, and she's a big woman. But even as I say that, you can tell it's not bringing me to life. It's, I, I might as well, again, I might as well be talking about cucumbers, tomatoes, and toilet paper. As soon as she got to, Mrs. Drudge is one of those big, huge women with absolutely enormous breasts and a sleeveless dress with saggy biceps. You see, now all of a sudden, Mrs. Drudge is alive. And so when she says, Mrs. Drudge keeps him on for some reason, there is a Mrs. Drudge. It's not just something you say. Uh, and this is all in service of saying, 
you don't want anything to be a grocery list. You don't want to even use a description that sounds like a grocery list. All of the choices, and, and this is really interesting, all of the choices are there to bring you to life. I mean, this is why you have to be so focused and concentrated as an actor. Nothing is just a throwaway. Nothing is just reporting. I love my choice of the saggy arms. I love my choice of this kind of dirty gray, this dirty gray dress on this really large woman who can't help herself. She has a button unbuttoned, so she's showing just a little bit of cleavage. So now, now I have a Mrs. Drudge, and I like my Mrs. Drudge. And you have to find the vocabulary. In the 1950s, Stella used to say, your choices should warm you. And I suppose that's all she needed for people who just come back from World War II. By the time I studied with her in the 70s, she said, your choices should agitate you. I have a feeling we were so dead, she was looking for something to bring us to life, which will tell you about life in the 70s. But, I mean, it's... It's all of that. I sometimes say your choices should really kick butt. And, and I mean, that's really it. You have to fall in love with your choices. If you fall in love with your choices, if you move things out of a grocery list recitation of facts, then suddenly you have an audition and you think, oh, I can't wait. Hi, everybody. It's Walker Vreeland. I'm the producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Director of online media is Evan Sollers, and music is provided by David DeJuice. If you have a question or comment you'd like Milton to address on an upcoming episode, email us at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Again, that's questionsformilton at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much for listening.